The Athletic Podcast Network is supported by the Quip Electric Toothbrush, known as the iPhone of toothbrushes. Engineered by industrial designers, Quip is sleek and simple. Time Magazine named Quip one of their best inventions of the year. GQ declared it one of the best grooming products on market, and Oprah put it on her prestigious O-list. Join millions of brushers who use Quip to make their mouths happy and healthy. Get your first refill free at getquip.com slash listen. That's getquip.com slash listen. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, This is Arthur Staple, your Islanders beat writer. This is No Sleep Till Belmont, the Islanders podcast from The Athletic. I'm coming to you live from beautiful Las Vegas, uh, where the Islanders will be this weekend. Um, Wishing that he was here in Las Vegas is my co-host, Mark Parrish. Very much uh, so. Nice and nice and toasty out there in Mini this uh, yeah. this fine day. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it, I believe my car said minus four as I was oh, pulling into the garage. Yes, beautiful, that's nice. balmy. That's nice. Well, um, we'll get to some Vegas-related Islanders talk uh, after our break, but to start, um, we'll jump right in with. Um, a couple of serious moments that happened in the NHL on Tuesday. One was Islanders related. Uh, Casey Zizekas getting a, a skate cut when he fell. Uh, I think it was Ivan Provorov with the Flyers kind of fell on a skate early in the game on Tuesday. Um, ended up getting lacerated right above the knee, I think. Yeah. Uh, and he's out three to four weeks. And that's the second one of these that we've seen this year. Cal Clutterbrook got uh, the, the the very scary one on his wrist in Boston back in December, and he's still out after having surgery. Um you know, I think those of us uh, who watch the game a lot um, and never played certainly you can you can understand how scary it is. But yeah. when you're out there flying around and bodies are flying around and it's and it's all kind of it can be kind of a mess like that. How how aware are you, Mark, as a player of something like that happening, and how much can you really do to prevent it? Uh, I I don't know about how we could prevent it. It's a, you know, it's a game that's played at high speeds. It's a physical game. Uh, and we understand that it's, it's one of those things where as players, you, you try and respect real life situations, real life kind of injuries. Uh, and, and, and things like that. I remember when, uh, you know, Scott Kelman, actually, when I was in Seattle, he got, cut right across the, the the front of his neck almost more or less kind of the jugular uh which is one of those where everybody just stops you just it doesn't matter the game just stops and everybody takes care of him luckily it wasn't it wasn't bad i know it sounds horrible and it looked horrible yeah. luckily enough luckily enough it really wasn't as bad as what we all thought uh and then i you know fast forward to yash and uh when yash uh at the coliseum uh, you know, you can tell it's the body language in the game where, you know, the enthusiasm, he just set somebody up back door and all of a sudden he, he got stepped on on his wrist and he, he comes skating back to the bench. And, and you know, you know, when you just, you see it on their face, there's, it's, yeah. this is, this is something real. This is something we need to take care of. Uh, um, and, and I, I truly, I, I appreciate and, and I love uh, in those few and far between situations now they you know obviously they don't happen all the time um obviously two this year which is pretty freakish uh for the islanders and the islander faithful um but they, they it's one of those times where the refs don't need to even blow a whistle Every, everybody understands the other team everybody jumps on board uh it's 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 one of those things where we support each other and, and where where i love our fraternity of hockey uh but that being said uh it's scary 
it is. It, we, you know, we're these big, uh, tough pro athletes and, you know, we get to fight and we only get five minutes. Uh, you know, we, we get into those situations and you get to see who reacts in a panic way. Uh, you know, who's calm, you know, who runs towards it, who helps out. It's, it's a real life situation, uh, where, you know, not just the fans, but uh, ourselves as, as players in the NHL, we understand that we're part of entertainment. Uh, but we're walking that line where we can get serious life-threatening style injuries. Yash almost lost the use of his hand by getting stepped on it. You know, and Cal, uh, I don't know how how horrible that was too. And now Casey, those are those are those are real life things. Those are lingering. You know, how are you going to live the rest of your life? Not just can you finish the year? Where is your career going to go after that? Yeah, and I think also to the kind of the lay person, the the average fan. You know, there is some there there are some companies out there that make cut resistant whether it's hockey socks or hockey yeah. pants and or you know um kind of uh, you know under armor type stuff and and to someone who hasn't played and isn't isn't in the habit of every day after day putting on the equipment and having things the way that they want them a certain way you just say to yourself well just put on the whole the spider-man costume <laughs> it's all cut resistant stuff we're not trying to make yeah. light of it but i think that's just everybody's initial reaction no. like, why won't why can't you do that and so as a as a person who played for a long time, why don't more people do that? I guess is the question. Uh, you know what? I'm going to relate that to uh, the visor uh, yeah. with playing with a visor, right? Uh, I I knew it was safer. I came out of Seattle. I came out of Major Junior. Wore a visor, so I was used to it. Uh, but I had to make a decision very early on in my career when I was in Florida, uh, where when I was battling in front of the net and how physical it was. Uh, it, it got to a point where sweat and and my spit, even even defenseman spit, other uh, sweat would get on there, and it would hinder me. I wasn't able uh, to see and do my job well enough to where I had to make that decision. It wasn't that I didn't necessarily want to wear a visor. I didn't think it was. I knew it was safer. Obviously, everybody knows it's safer, and I'm glad that they've they've uh, uh, grandfathered it in in international hockey in the American League. And pretty soon, I'm pretty sure every single person is going to be wearing a visor, and that's a good thing. But for me, that was one of those decisions you have to make at, at what you're comfortable with how are you going to be at your best to go out there and do your job and that's where I had to make that decision why everyone doesn't where if it, when it comes to the uh, to that the, the cut resistant especially everybody's you know everybody's got two sets of razor blades on their feet going out there and I, I've been cut other guys have been cut luckily I've never been cut serious enough or been in one of those situations but it just comes down to, you know, how can you play your best when you get to that level? Uh, if you're not comfortable with what you're wearing or, or what you're doing, uh, or excuse me, with what you're wearing, you're not going to be able to go out there and be your best and do your do your best. Yeah, it definitely horrible makes, excuse. Well, no, no, no. It's, because it, but it that's makes, what, it makes know? sense if that's how you learned growing up, you know, coming through that nobody yeah. nobody can afford that kind of gear when you're younger. Um, yeah. And maybe now it'll become more accessible because of incidents like this. And I think the speed of the yeah. game and even the kids level, as you know, from coaching your kids, the oh. kids are getting bigger and faster and and more skilled, more skilled, which means that they're willing to take bigger risks to make plays. And that means more skate blades flying up. It's uh, it's exactly. not a lot of it's not kids plodding along maybe like they used to. So um, so maybe we'll see that technology get implemented at, at different levels and that's really how you I assume you change behavior if someone's wearing those those cut, cut resistant socks or pants or or mm-hmm. or undershirts uh from a from an early age you just get used to 
doing that kind of stuff. So yeah, it was um, it, it was a scary thing, and I think there was a, a Bruce Bennett uh, picture that I saw that was online of um, you know a, a hole in Casey's hockey sock that you could see right on the top of the knee. That's clearly where it got him, and you know I think he was wearing some of the cut resistant stuff. But when things start yeah. moving around too, is another <laughs> consideration. Once yeah. you're out there and thing, you know you're. You know your pat, you know your knee pad slides down a, a half an inch, and all of a sudden you've got that exposed spot between your pants and your and your knee pad and your hockey sock that you didn't think you had when you went out on the ice because yeah. fell or whatever happened. Um, yeah, you know it's just it's it's a hard things move so fast it's hard to it's hard to keep track of that stuff. So uh, it's probably on the 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 better side of uh, of the scenarios for Sezikis with that kind of cut that he's only going to miss a month. Um, you know, I think they've, they've called up Cole Bardrow for uh, the game in Nashville. And I assume for the foreseeable future, we can get into more, you know, the, it kind of expands a lot of trade scenarios, but I think for now we'll, we'll stick to talking about the kind of the scariness of it. And I think yeah. even, even scarier um, was uh, an incident that happened the same night uh, with Jay Boom Easter, uh, the St. Louis blues who had a cardiac uh, incident on the bench and needed to be revived. And sounds like he's doing uh quite a bit better um the blues are actually out here in vegas uh for the game this is thursday night um so this is their first one back since that game in anaheim was postponed um you know how does uh, i i assume you've never been through that we can kind of think of the major incidents heart related incidents or stroke related incidents that have happened on the bench it was yuri fisher back for detroit a while back rich peverly uh, in Dallas and Craig Cunningham uh, in in the AHL a couple of years ago ended up sadly losing his leg but not his life and the fact that all four of those guys survived is an incredible testament to the medical staffs and the training staffs and you talk about the NHL fraternity when you see the pictures coming from Anaheim of players consoling one another from both teams because yeah. it's you know you see that in front of you and you you I assume you you think that could be me you know it could be my dad up in the stands because it's, you know, the blues dad's trip. Um, just, you know, when you, when you heard about that or saw that, what, what goes through your mind as a, someone who sat on thousands of benches in the NHL over the years? Just, just concern for, for Bo, just, uh, you know, it just, uh, you know, been around the game obviously, but those are uh, talk about real life instances. And, and when, right when I saw it, uh, you know, uh, a good friend of mine, Darby Hendrickson, was out in uh, Russia. I think he was in Russia with Sergei Zoltok, uh, yeah. you know, being in the in the KHL, and and unfortunately that uh, well, we know you know that didn't work out as well with the medical staff, and there was obviously a big uh, uh, discussion about that through the PA and and players going overseas and playing in other other places other than the NHL and having the right people working for them uh, as you said we we have luckily enough we've never haven't run into an instance where we've lost someone as as we lost sergey over in russia um but um it's it's hard to say it's it's terrifying uh, that's a it's the best way i can put it when i heard about it um and i went right on and i watched it and and to watch the way he fell forward and I'm not quite sure who was to his left on the screen. And you can, see, you know, uh, I, I guess in a way, fortunately, we've we've seen enough injuries. We've seen how guys go down. We, we read the body language if somebody is really, really in trouble. And that's something that it's an oh hell 
this is real here. This isn't, you know, this isn't a leg. This isn't an ankle. This is, uh, you know, life-threatening style thing. And, and God bless the teams and God bless the trainers and the medical staff and everybody that got to him because, uh, yeah, it's it's hard to put into words. I, I, the only thing I'd say, like, I, you, it's horrifying. That's terrifying for me to watch. We're we're supposed to be just like any other pro, the the, the most trained, the well-trained, the, the most, you know, taken care of, looked after, those things shouldn't happen to us in our mind in our arrogance uh, as pro athletes and when they do it's humbling it, it makes you you know be thankful and realize what's real in life and how how fragile it actually can be no matter how good a shape you're in no matter what you think you're doing that's uh, right for your body or or, or or staying healthy you just never know and and man I, I it was a picture I couldn't get out of my head I watched it once and handed it to my wife and I kind of went and took a few minutes because th- those are hard to see those are hard to watch you just my heart goes out to him and thank god everything's you know good and he's on his way back and stable uh you know i feel bad for him that he's kind of stuck out in california uh, i i'm sure and i hope his family's out there with him because uh man the whole uh, the whole nhl fraternity and everyone around us is obviously pulling for him yeah i think you saw even just in the social media front every team account posting things and you know showing their support and and like you said he's a guy who's been around for a long time he's only played on a few teams but uh but like you said the fraternity is small and i, and I think a lot of people know jay boom easter from international play from nhl play um uh he's pretty active in the pa i think he's yeah. just a guy that everybody seems to know and like and uh and it is incredibly good news um wh- what do you think you know, like I said, we're recording this Thursday before the Blues play here in Vegas against the Knights. What's that next game like when you're, you know, uh, can you just, you know, put yourself back? Whether it, whether it's a bad injury that you see a teammate have or something even scarier like that, um, how do you kind of put your focus back? Do you need time? Do you, do you? I don't know. It, I think but just there, there are a lot of questions that go through your mind where that maybe aren't ones that players that are that his teammates want to even answer right now. They just want to be able to get back and kind of get the tunnel vision going again. I think it'll be good for the team. It'll be hard. It's, it's, uh, it's almost, I'm sure it's similar to the emotions of, of almost a trade where you've got to somehow put your emotions aside, understand how real and how hard, whatever you went through, uh, was, but you've got to be professional and, go out there and compete, especially it's this time of year, everybody, you know, points for gearing for the playoffs. So it will be good for them, uh, the team to kind of get back into that and refocus on hockey and take their mind off uh, their teammate, one of their leaders, obviously one of their core. Uh, But at the same time, it's going to be really hard. It's going to be hard. Let's shift gears here a minute and talk about DraftKings since we're out in Vegas and we're going to be talking about some Islanders prop bets in a minute. As one season ends, the next begins. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook, is now live with XFL action. The XFL is back, bigger, badder, and more extreme than ever. DraftKings Sportsbook will continue to offer great football action moving into the next season of professional football. The XFL has some new rules, and DraftKings is offering you a special promo to earn some free bets. Teams can now score one, two, or three points after a touchdown. For each PAT your team converts, DraftKings Sportsbook will give you $1 towards a free bet. DraftKings Sportsbook is a safe and secure betting app. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. It's no wonder DraftKings Sportsbook is America's top-rated sportsbook app. 
Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code QUICK when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Don't forget, enter code QUICK and get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, well, uh, we appreciate Mark's perspective on all that stuff. It's, it's obviously hard to talk about. It's hard to talk about for fans, too. I think um, it may be a little bit easier for some of us that just sit and watch to jump to some other topics, but, uh, but it's always something that's out there for the players. But um, we'll move on to some more Islanders-related uh, topics now, a little bit more lighthearted. Um, I am out in Vegas. The Islanders will be here uh, in, a, uh, in a couple of days to play the Knights. Um, so we're going to talk some, some Islanders prop bets. We'll, we'll, we'll throw out some, uh, some players and some numbers, and Mark and I will see if uh, we go over or under, and you can kind of debate in your mind or yell at the radio if you disagree with our choices, <laughs> whatever you feel like. So I think we'll Plenty start of yelling. Off. That's right. There's always plenty of yelling when Islanders are involved. Um, I think the uh, we'll start small. The Islanders did not have a 30-goal scorer last year. Um, I think it was Anders Lee who had 28. Uh, that was the uh, the top goal getter. Right now, we're about two-thirds of the way through the season. Brock Nelson leads them with 21. He is on a 30-goal pace, but you never know how the last 27 games are going to go. So, Mark, do the Islanders get a 30-goal scorer this year, yes or no? Yes. You think you think Nelson has uh, has been consistent enough to do it? Yeah, uh, I like his goal. I like the way he's scoring him late. He's coming up big, and I think he's got another good hot streak in him. Really, we're gonna have mm-hmm. to coin a new a new late season phrase. No more Brocktober. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think he gets it too, and that would uh, that would be his first uh, thirty goal season, and it's it's um, whether he gets it or not. Just the the, the way that he's played. Last season to this season, which has bridged, you know, Barry Trotz's arrival and the signing of a new six-year contract, which is something you rarely see. A guy with a very strong walk year and then rolling it right into the new deal and getting even better, um, which is a real compliment to to Brock and a real compliment to the Islanders uh, because he's their he's their number two center. I think we've talked about this a lot. You know, I, it was interesting to see Philly in there. At, uh, at the bark uh, on Tuesday, Kevin Hayes, who uh, got an extra year and an extra million plus per year, and they were kind of the comparable guys as as centers that were going to hit the open market. And when the Islanders jumped at six times six for Nelson, I think a lot of people said, "Huh, Brock Nelson, six years, six million. And I uh, I was very adamant at the time that this is going to turn out to be a good deal because there really weren't a lot of good number two centers around. Uh, and I think his trajectory has even gone higher at age 28. That um, if he does make it to 30 goals, I think all of a sudden that contract for the next five years after this one looks pretty darn good. Absolutely, yeah. And and I love that he's a Minnesota boy showing up in his first year. Plus, <laughs> I I've been giving him crap because I got to 30 once. He's way bigger, way more skilled. He's got to get to 30 at least, just so we can argue over that. <laughs> And I think uh, in these in these next few games, uh, without Casey Zizekas and before we see the Islanders, whether the Islanders are going to make a move or not, 
uh, a lot of the a lot of the burden of uh, of Casey's job defensive zone faceoffs uh, being the first guy over the boards to, uh, first center over the boards to kill penalties um, a lot of it's going to fall on Brock's shoulders so I'm interested to see um, you know he's averaging about 19 minutes a game I, I think that's going to he's going to be a, a 20 21 minute a night guy I think for the next few weeks and uh, you know if he can shoulder that burden and still produce that. Uh, It'll be even better for the team. So yeah, so we'll both we'll both go yes on a thirty goal score. Um, the Islanders also didn't have a seventy point scorer last year. Matthew Barzell had sixty two. Barzell leads him with forty eight right now, which is right around seventy one, seventy two point pace. Um, so will the Islanders have a seventy point scorer this year, Mark? Mm. I think Barzell's going to get really close. Okay, so that's a no from you. <laughs> Sorry, that was the nicest no I could think of. <laughs> um, why? I mean, you know, he's he had three assists the other night, including the last one uh, in the final minute to set up Brian Pollock for one that pulled pulled one out of the fire for the Islanders. Um, why do you don't? Why don't? I mean, it, you know, his pace would be slowing down. Do you just think it's the time of year that uh, yeah. it's just harder to get there? Exactly. It's it's that time of year where, where it, points are tough to come by, and this is where you start to lean on your depth as a team. Uh, so, you know, you, you, not just Barzell, but everyone else is going to pick it up because now he's not that he hasn't been uh, facing the, the number one D pairing or the number one defensive line, the shutdown line, whatever it is. But all of those teams are going to be getting ready for the playoffs. All those playoffs, they're all starting to all of those teams and lines are starting to get in that mode for the playoffs and it just gets harder and harder and harder to get points the scores start to go down a little bit the goal scoring starts to go down a little bit this time of year and this is where everybody starts to focus a little bit more on defense yeah you know i think he gets there i think it's um and this is not uh this is not a knock at 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 any at the at his feelings about Barry Trotz's system or being an Islander, I know that's going to be a topic that's going to be talked about a lot as we get into the off season uh, with him needing a new contract after his entry level deal expires. Um, you know, he's an RFA. Uh, he's it's it's going to be contentious. I'm pretty sure uh, it's going to be a big number, whether it's a couple of years or four or five years, or if the Islanders are lucky, seven or eight years. Um, <laughs> But uh, but I think the points are important to him. You know, I think he yeah. he he was committed to the system, and I think he showed that by by um, trying trying to be defensively responsible, earning earning some trust, uh, maybe sacrificing some points for that. Um, I think this year you see a guy who certainly early on was determined to score some goals um, and, and put more pucks on net. I think you're seeing more of the playmaking Barzal lately. Um, mm-hmm. I think he can he can merge those two, and I think he, I think seventy is a it, it's not a it's not a milestone number for him, but I think it's a number he wants to get to, and and uh, he seems um, he seems like the kind of guy who who can get to what he sets out to get to. So uh, I'll say yes. Well, I'll disagree with you for the first time in a long time and say it's about time. Yeah, he'll, I'll say he gets there. So wait, uh, I'm the pessimist, and you're the optimist. You are. What I just know. happened? I know. What just happened? Go figure. Um, the Islanders uh, as a team uh, going into uh, Thursday night's game in Nashville 72 points uh, in 55 games so like I said two-thirds of the season gone Uh, still on a very strong pace do they get to 100 points again you go first 
yeah, I'll say yes. I mean, I, you know, it, it starting it's still starting to look like somehow you're going to need 100 points to make the playoffs in the Metro, which is bonkers. But, um, <laughs> you know, they had 101 last year. They're on, they're on a, you know, they're on like 107, 106 point pace right now. I don't know if they can do that. But, um, you know, for them to finish right at 100 take 28 points from these last 27 games if they if that's kind of the sort that's the sort of pace that makes you think huh do they even belong in the playoffs because this is crunch time and you don't <laughs> want to be a 500 team down the stretch you saw them as a 500 team for a lot of december and january and it was it was a worrisome stretch so yeah i think they're gonna i think they're gonna be a couple points uh better than they were last year which is which is remarkable to think uh given all the injuries and some of the inconsistent play, but that 17-game point streak in the beginning of the year, you, you always tend to look back at the end of the year and say, you know, oh, yeah, that team was, they were whatever, 16-3-2. Of course, they finished with 100 points, but it's it's still hard mm-hmm. to get there. Um, but I think they're going to do it, and uh, I think, uh, you know, they continue the way that they've played since the break with a couple more wins. All of a sudden, you're not talking about, are they going to make it? It's, are they going to get home ice again? They're creeping up yeah. back towards... Pittsburgh, um, they're creeping back towards Washington. It's uh, it, it's it's a fascinating division right now with uh, with how <laughs> tight it is from one to six. And um, yeah, so I'll say they get there. How about you? Uh, dang it, we got to agree with you again. No, absolutely. I, I, they're a playoff team, and and to go along with what you said, you you that's what pl- playoff teams got to have hundred points nowadays. It's just that's how you get into the playoffs or get right there. And yeah, I agree. You kind of nailed it, but yeah, they're they're going to be in the playoffs, and you got to get you got to aim for 100 points to just to get there, and then like you said, you go for home ice, you got a little bit more than that. It's a weird weird three point system we're in. <laughs> yeah, it's it shouldn't feel weird because it's the way that it's been for a while, but uh, but yeah, I'm I'm curious to see, and and really at this point, you know, when they're in the groove that they're in. Um, obviously they have, they have these games coming up against Western Conference opponents. You don't really care if you go to overtime. I mean, you, you care because regulation wins are the number one tiebreaker and the Islanders, I think, uh, heading into the game in Nashville were at 22 regulation wins, which is kind of on the low end of the, the playoff teams in the East. But at this point, if you just got to have the points, you got to keep getting two yeah. points and it doesn't matter because you keep the other teams at bay. Once you've banked as many points as they've banked, I, I don't think Barry Trotz or the guys care. If it's a shootout, if it's overtime, if it's regulation, you just got to keep keep getting the two and keep climbing and yep. see where see where you end up. Because uh, two points are two points. Yeah, yeah the tiebreakers are a tiebreaker. It's a good decision they made this year to make it just regulation wins. But uh, I don't think it's something that you can you can get too worried about until you get down to that last week if you see that you definitely need it or something. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh, I think this is a hundred point team. Um, the Islanders, speaking of 100-point teams and Barry Trotz, uh, he was obviously the Jack Adams Award winner last year when the Islanders surprised the hell out of everybody with their 101-point season. Robin Leonard, Masterton Trophy winner, Vezina finalist, Robin Leonard, Thomas Grace, Jennings Trophy winners. Um, that's three trophies the Islanders took home. I, I don't know if they've ever had a year like that. Um, and then a finalist and a fourth. Do you see any of the Islanders... Uh, in uh, being one of the three finalists for those awards uh, that come out in June. Mm. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> could you yeah. could you explain yourself, please? Is there well, anyone that you I, think it, is is a candidate? Is uh... 
Uh, yeah, I, I just, I don't see anybody that's, that's hard. You're talking about the, the, you know, the, the best of the best of the year. Uh, and, and to, uh, to be in any of those top three is extremely difficult. And I think that's one of those things that, uh, that year, last year, uh, is, is one that Islanders fans, uh, the organization, the players will look back on fondly. Uh, just, you know, having Pekka win the Selkie, just that alone, uh, you know, that, that was something we look back and we still talk about that. We're all proud of that. We all know that we, especially, you know, the winger on his line that was cheating and <laughs> away at the other offensive blue line waiting for him to pass him the puck. Yeah, we, we understand that, you know, we did play a little bit of a role in it. Uh, yeah, the, you know, so you get those kind of awards. That's a, that's an incredible year uh, that the Islanders had last year. Uh, obviously, Leonard, everything. And those are team awards. Everybody uh, has a hand in it. But um, I just, I, I, I can't, no, I don't think so this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if it was, maybe not any other year, it, the the Adams is such a funny one. I think it's, I yeah, think Jacques, it's Jacques, so Jacques, hard. Jacques Demers was the last one to win it back-to-back years, which is about 35 yeah. years ago now. Um, and I think in any other year, Barry Trotz is an automatic finalist again because, frankly, they've had some key injuries. They Mm -hmm. haven't been as consistent, and they're still going to finish with a better record. They swapped out their Vezina finalist goalie for a different goalie, and it's still been the same level of success that they've enjoyed so far, you know, projecting out. So, yeah, I think he would normally make it, but you have to, you just look in their division. There's Mike Sullivan in Pittsburgh, whose team has been decimated by injuries. And John Tortorella in Columbus, whose team was decimated by free agency. And those two teams yeah. are, are kind of on either side of the Islanders right now. And those two names have been thrown around a lot as as potential Adams Award finalists. I think Travis Green in Vancouver mm-hmm. gets a good nod, uh, former Islander. Um, Ruby's got to get a little bit. I, I, mean, think, I think so. It, it's hard when you're, I think when, yeah. you, when you win and then you, you dial mm-hmm. it back up. I mean, I th- personally, I think, I think Todd Reardon deserves, you know, like that. Yeah. When you when you can win and win and win like that, John Cooper might deserve it because his team was under five hundred, you know, six yeah. weeks into the year. So there's always a lot of deserving candidates, and I think it's definitely an award where uh, if you're if it's kind of comes back around and you're a newer name, you know, John Torrell has mm-hmm. won it before, but I think when you you know once you once you succeed and win it. I think people will say like, all right, well, that guy's, you know, Barry Trotz is a good coach. We don't need to give it to him again. But, you know, there's probably a list of maybe seven or eight guys who are deserving, and he is certainly one of them. But I, whether he's top Absolutely. three, uh, I have to agree with you. I don't think he's going to get the nod again, and I don't think he cares very much if he does. But um, <laughs> Nope. Um, yeah, it was uh, last year was, uh, was a unique season, and I think the way that people looked at the Islanders, whether it was Trotz coming in and getting them – you know, getting the team, pulling the team together after after the John Tavares departure, um, mm-hmm. Robin Leonard sharing his story as he did, and then going out and putting putting on a hell of a show throughout the whole season. And um, I don't know mm-hmm. if anybody, if you've been hanging out on social media, but he he tweeted a picture of himself uh, at the tattoo parlor uh, not too long ago with the outline of Long Island on his neck. Um, <laughs> just to memorialize his incredible comeback season and how special it was to be on the island. That was. Uh, um, Robin has like a, Robbie. He has a has that giant, uh, colorful tattoo that looks like sort of some sort of sea creature on the back. And I think it was my wife who saw that and said, "Like, well, it's not his worst neck tattoo." Um, so, 
Uh, I'll, she was, that's uh, my wife, Beth Staple. In case Robin's listening, he can direct his complaints. <laughs> but uh, uh, you can blame me. I play with him in Ping. <laughs> I love uh, Robbie. Robbie's awesome. Yeah, no, he's, uh, I think he's, you know, and, and it's just funny to see him kind of more fully realized personality uh, this year now that he's not on a Lula Amarillo run team. And, and um, you know, it's been fun to see from a distance and also still playing lights out in Chicago. Um, but yeah, I think that, I think last season will stand out as one that's, uh, that's incredibly special for a lot of reasons. And this one is, you know, has a chance to be special too, but not for the same the same factors, and uh, yeah, so I think the the Islanders would get the shutout uh, in June in the awards. I'm sure the fans would take that if they could uh, see them win a few rounds in the playoffs. So, amen. Yeah. All right. Well, those were a couple of good uh, couple of good prop bets. I don't think they're available at the at the sports book here. I'll I'll have to check it out and see what I can come up with. But um, we'll 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 circle back to this one when the season's over and see who was right and who was wrong. You're just um, trying to make me jealous, aren't you? Sportsbook <laughs> Vegas, come on. Exactly. Well, I'll be uh, I'll be luxuriating here for a couple of days. Hopefully, some uh, some Islander fans have flown out. I saw a few on my flight out here, so I uh, I imagine there'll be a pretty good crowd for a weekend game out here. Um, so uh, feel free to say hi if you see me wandering around on the strip. Uh, and thanks as always to my co-host and to you listening out there. Um, we'll be back again next week with more No Sleep Till Belmont. Thanks everybody. 